So if your church is not listening, if you're not calling for comments and you're not reading those comments, what tends to happen is people don't feel heard. You know, that's one of the most important things for our online audience is that they, we have a relationship. And a lot of times we've seen that pastors or leaders feel like, hey, this is not a relationship because, you know, there's that touch aspect or there's that in-person aspect. Hey everyone, welcome to the Social Media Church podcast. We have a great episode today. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Magnuson. Uh, Nils Smith is not with me today. He's actually doing a great thing today, and he is with his family in Disney World, uh, taking a break, getting ready for 2021. Uh, we're recording this podcast at the end of December 2020. Uh, it's been a crazy year. Uh, we have a great guest, somebody you are familiar with, and if you're not, you should be, and you will be by the end of this episode. Nick Ovalle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're both in our rooms, uh, which is very, very telling of the year that we're just coming out of 2020. Nick, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, this is Nick's, Nick informed me because uh, I am relatively new uh, co-hosting this podcast. Listen to it for a long time. Uh, long time listener, shorter time co-host. And I didn't know how many times Nick had been on, but Nick and Nils used to work together. And so I knew that there was no way Nils had not had Nick on. This is Nick's third time. So that, Nick, do you happen to remember the episode numbers that you were on before so that people listening can go find you again? No, I'm sorry. It's been years, but yeah. uh, I know when you search uh, on the website, like my, my name does pop up for two episodes. There you go. Okay. So this is Nick's third episode. And uh, we want to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Nick is uh, your title has shifted a couple times. Nick, do you want to tell them you work for Sandals Church? Uh, you do a couple things on the side. We'll get into all that. Do you want to let people know a little bit about yourself if they're unfamiliar? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I work at Sandals Church. I am the uh, digital senior strategist. So what I do is I, I look at digital reach. And so my job is to see how people behave online and try and meet them where they're at online. And so we, we take a, a bit of that church space and we take a bit of that, you know, like ads and analytical mm -hmm. space and we put those things together. So that's a bit of my passion and what I like to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a long time, uh, stuff on the side. One of the things I love watching about Sandals Church is you do a great job of exploring that space, uh, whether it's just from how you title your messages on YouTube uh, to the series that you do. Uh, Sandals Church from where I sit, uh, and I sit really close to Sandals Church here in Southern California, uh, has a great grasp on that crossover of what the church needs to communicate the message of the gospel, Jesus, and where that intersects with uh, people's behavior online, what people are thinking about their headspace. Uh, before we dive super into what I'm excited to talk about, which is, I don't even know what you would call it. It's We're going to introduce a new concept to you that you probably have not explored and are not familiar with, but you're probably behaving in this way, whether you realized it or not. We're going to kind of expose some of that behavior today. But Nick, do you want to maybe share a little bit about uh, some of the, just kind of what you've been working on in 2020, some new things that you've learned, just how has this pandemic season really changed church uh, from the place that you sit? Yeah, I think the pandemic has accelerated um, what had needed to happen within the church. We needed to go digital. We needed to be mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of places and we needed to meet people where they are. Um, a lot of times 
as a church, we ask people, hey, we need an hour of your time on Sunday morning, and we're, we're locked within time. But when you look at the rest of the world, you know, you can order a burrito, you know, anytime you want from, from your app, from your phone. And so I think what we need to think about is how can we get the gospel to people um, wherever they're at, whenever they're at. And so that's one thing that I'm really passionate about is taking the time barriers off of church. The second thing that I think is really, really important is that we have to understand that the phone is kind of uh, more of the center of people's lives now. And so when we have these chat experiences that are happening, you know, on weekend services or, you know, live events, what we're not seeing is we're not seeing the interaction that's happening on a phone. And so a lot of people might feel discouraged of like, hey, my numbers online, they just don't look like, like what they should. I see a lot of IP addresses popping up, but the chat seems really, really quiet. And so what we found is that people are using their phone as a second screen chat option. And so that's something that I'd love to talk about and explore and, and, and kind yes. of you know speak to um, because I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, second screen. I need to remember it. This is so new to me, but Nick, you've been talking about this for a while in some of the Facebook groups we're in. Uh, and it's it's certainly how I'm behaving in my own personal life. And sometimes I have a difficulty uh, looking at how I'm behaving and then translating that to what everybody else is probably doing. Um, but as an online pastor, trying to get engagement, because that's ultimately what we care about. We want people not just listening and hearing the good news of the gospel, but also working that out through community groups. That's what we've talked about for a long time um, in the church space, having that group of people that you're actually working that message out with and living it out, and then ultimately sharing with people and inviting them in. Um, and how that process looks is so much different now, even in the digital space is so much different now than it was before. I mean, I remember two years ago, just being focused on creating a team that would be there for the live events and how many live events, uh, and I'm not talking about in person, I'm talking about online. How many, how many times can we go live on Facebook and how many times can we go live on YouTube? And are there going to be hosts in the chat section that are facilitating that engagement and that conversation? And I think that was true for a while. Uh, and then it was like the novelty and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. I started realizing that the novelty of going live, and if you're listening to this, I just put that in quotes, uh, is not such a thing anymore. And I realized that um, even personally, like when I would see somebody would go live on Instagram or on Facebook, ah, I just don't want to watch that right now, or I'm just not ready to watch that. Uh, and so engagement numbers and where that would go if you went live uh, were not returning on interest uh, what you thought they were um, maybe a year or two ago. And so I noticed that that changed my strategy, but then there's a second component to that. It's not just the reach of a live video, but then there's also the engagement surrounding your weekend service uh, or whatever it is that you're posting. You want people commenting, you want that engagement, that interaction, people talking about it, people sharing it, but even that wasn't happening either. Uh, and it's like, well, are we not creating an, like, are we not asking the right questions? Are they not interested? And what you're posing right now, Nick, is it's not any of that. It's just happening in a different place and in a different way. And so um, I'd be curious, maybe some thoughts on the live video themselves, maybe talk about the transition that you noticed. And then let's talk about uh, this concept called second screen. Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to uh, this idea of going live, live should have a specific purpose of 100% engagement. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we go live or we do like a sim live and people are expecting that engagement. They want the two-way street. And that's what's beautiful about this digital space is we can have a conversation, you know, uh, you know, one-to-one -one if we want and, and one-to-many. Yeah. What, what tends to happen in, in, in churches 
what they do is, is they think in cable television terms. Let me just push this out and it's going to go out at a certain time and we're going to be okay. Well, that doesn't make sense when you have things like Twitch where you can uh, interact with somebody real time yeah. and that there's this conversation happening and they're interacting with you. Some of the best pastors that I see online right now, um, you know, uh, they are the ones who are reading the comments on YouTube as it's happening, who are engaging with people, asking, right. how can I be praying with you? So I think what we need to do is when we think of live, we need to think of 100% engagement. Um, and so if you don't have that, if that's, that's not really your purpose good. for live, what's going to happen is you're not going to have that engagement. People are going to say, I can watch this later because it's going to be on demand later. Yes. Um, so can, can we land there just for a second? So 100% sure. engagement looks like a talking. So thinking Twitch, if you're not familiar with Twitch, think uh, any sort of a streamer. It's somebody that is talking to the comment section. That's 100% engagement. They are there. They're talking about some concept. They're even uh, having their head dubbed over a video. Uh, and on Twitch, it's primarily uh, through video games, uh, through other things we've seen, like a live podcast, those sorts of things. But 100% engagement is I am doing this to talk to the audience on the other side of that camera. Can you tell our audience what would 50% engage, just so our audience can identify where they're at, what would like 50% engagement be? What would 0% engagement be? What would some of those tiers be? And then what, what, are, what are most churches doing? What percentage of engagement? Because this is the first time I haven't thought about it in these terms. So what would you say most churches percentage-wise are doing in terms of engagement? Yeah, I'll start with 0%. 0% looks like you don't make any mention to comments. And what I mean by that is like, you know, drop Ooh. a comment below, or if you're, you know, if you're struggling with something and we can pray for you, can you type that in the chat? Or can you at least send us an email message at, you know, help at, you know, ourchurch.com or whatever. Yes. So that's really, really important is, is zero is not making any mention of that. I would say there's a 25%. Um, and this is what we do at Sandals Church is we have hosting moments and those hosting moments, even though okay. they're pre-recorded, they're asking people for their comments. They're asking people to, to connect, even if that's visiting like a URL or sending us an email, there is a connection point there. And that's 25% of the time. I think 50% of the time, which is nice is to have that host, you know, asking for comments, but also having the pastor ask for comments. Uh, okay. You know, your pastor is the person who is guiding the organization. He's the, the lead communicator. So having him ask for that engagement engagement is huge because people want to interact with him. And so when your pastor calls for it, um, that is great. And having a host and a pastor say that, I believe that's that 50% part. 75% for me is, um, you know, asking a question and then giving that response, if, if at all possible, you know, with a live stream. Um, so those are kind of the, the scales that I would say, um, gotcha. you know, you can have engagement, um, even though you might not be live or it might be a, you know, a, a minimum barrier. Right. And what's interesting about what you just said is uh, I was thinking in terms of like just acknowledging the audience. <laughs> uh, but but you said something interesting. You would say 0% could even be acknowledging the audience, but you're not asking for a response from the audience. And I think that that's really important for our listeners. Uh, and if this has uh, been an impactful conversation so far, I'd, I'd encourage you to think about who you can share this podcast with, because this is going to become more and more important as we go into this the next generations that are literally growing up understanding, I, I don't just get to watch what I want when I want. I get to talk to and interact with what I'm watching when I want uh, and how I want. And so that's, that's a whole nother level that we need to be thinking about if we want to stay relevant as a church that's trying to deliver the message of the gospel uh, to be able to do that. So think of somebody in your head that needs to be listening to this conversation or at least have this understanding. Uh, share it with them. You can pause it. Do that right now. 
But Nick, uh, the what you actually pointed out was talking to the comment section and asking for engagement. And I'm even evaluating myself because uh, we have our service um, that I don't even know where it would be percentage wise, but I don't think often enough we're actually asking for a response and engagement. We're acknowledging that they're there and we're acknowledging that they might even be watching it at a different time. We're talking to them, to the camera. Um, but that next step of like, we actually want you to participate and engage, giving them a space to do that and then encouraging them how, whether that's in a comment section, but more likely it could look like, yeah, visiting this URL or um, text Jesus or text saved to this number uh, so that we can help uh, disciple you if you've made a decision for Jesus. But the, what stood out to me is this percentage game is not pertaining to a live experience or an on-demand experience. You can be asking for these things irrespective of which category it falls into. And that's a new concept for me as well. You can play the 100% engagement game without actually being live. You can do this in, in post, which is actually really valuable because then somebody can be watching this six months, a year, five years down the road and feel like they're having a live experience. Do you have uh, more things you want to add? This is such a good, such a good space to be in talking about right now. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that the leadership imp impresses upon us at Sandals Church is that um, when you get into a sanctuary in person in real life, uh, what tends to happen is you get to you get that interaction, you get to be seen, you get to be known, and you get to be heard. And so we we those are huge principles for us. How can we make sure that our online audience is being seen, known, and heard? And I think yes. one thing for specifically if you're in the comms department is you need to be listening to your people. You need to be responding to those. It's so important because listening is half of the conversation. Totally. And so if your church is not listening, if you're not calling for comments and you're not reading those comments, what tends to happen is people don't feel heard. And that's one of the most important things for our online audience is that they, we have a relationship. And a lot of times we've seen that pastors or leaders feel like, Hey, this is not a relationship because you know, there's that touch aspect or there's that in-person aspect. Totally. And I would go to say that, you know, maybe these relationships aren't as deep um, because they haven't had the time of in real life, but they are there and there, there could be multiples yes. of them. And so I would encourage leaders really think about listening because that, that, that's a game changer for your organization. Totally. Now let's get into the second screen because uh, we've been talking about the comment section. We've been talking about all of these ways that we used to see engagement. So if we were calling for it or if we weren't, we're familiar with watching a video. There's a comment section underneath it, particularly as it pertains to YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and for those of you who do this on a weekend, you're probably familiar with the church online platform that Life Church puts out, uh, which allows for an experience like this on your website. Um, but what we're talking about today is second screen, which is that engagement is still happening and it's happening in a familiar way, but it's not happening in a familiar space. Nick, do you want to introduce our audience, how you introduced me to this concept of second screen? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not the one who came up with this. Um, sure. I think Jay Caranda is probably one of the first thought leaders to, to do this. Um, so shout out to Jay. Also, yeah, my boss has been pushing, pushing this for quite some time. So this has been out in, in the, you know, in, in the atmosphere for quite some time, you know, Conan, I believe it was like Conan on his show was the first to have the app sync with the audio from, from the show. And then you had a second screen experience. Same thing with the talking dead. So when the walking dead first came out, 
um, they had a secondary talk show called The Talking Dead, where you can actually open the app. And because of audio sync, you could sync and you can do some interesting things with the phone. Now, um, I don't know if those things caught on. Uh, you know, the technology is there and it's been there for quite some time. Um, but what really changed my mind was one day uh, my wife was watching This Is Us. And as she's watching This Is Great Us. Great show. Yeah, she, she's, she's in tears and she's like smiling and typing because it gives her the feels and, um, and she's, you know, just the whole, whole experience. And, and Nick, you were there watching with her, right? Uh, I was watching her because I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> like, why, like, why aren't you, you know, cause it's an engaging show. Like, you know, it really yes. hits you in the feels. So I'm like, why is she distracted? And I thought she was distracted when, um, she wasn't, she was actually texting my mom and they were having a conversation about it and as they this, were watching, as they were watching. And this had this aha moment of like, I finally get it. You can have a conversation while watching, but the primary use is going to be your phone. You're going to reach out to the people that you love and care about the most. And what if they're not on that platform? You know, our online services on the weekend are going out through Roku. They're going out through an app. They're going out to yes. YouTube and Facebook and Chop. And so there's this platform fragmentation, but is there possibly a way we could get everybody on the same page if, you know, they see, hey, you know, somebody's on the second chat option on Telegram. Let me talk to them right now. So that's yes. where the concept is. And, and that's where, where we're moving forward as a church, trying to implement this as quickly as we can. Yes, that's great. I want to talk about practically. And for our listeners, I am trying to grasp and digest this concept uh, because I think there's value here and that I'm trying to implement it uh, in my own role as an online pastor at One and All. Um, you mentioned Telegram. Do you want to let people know uh, well what Telegram is? Because there's a chance they haven't heard of it. I've been lucky enough to be introduced to it. It's a great platform that I use, particularly. Uh, I'm now uh, an Apple. You probably noticed that when my uh, text to you, Nick, uh, started turning blue. Uh, I'm on the Apple bandwagon now, but this is the best uh, texting method that I use um, it, between Android and Apple uh, creates a lot of extra functionalities that seem to not work uh, when you're going from Apple to Android. But you want to let people know kind of the main areas that you're utilizing as a second screen and maybe practically how it can play out. Um, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, so Telegram is essentially just a, a chat platform. You know, there's another one, WhatsApp. Uh, Facebook has Messenger. Um, and, and there's, you know, uh, even things like Discord. Discord, you could yeah. be considered, uh, you know, a chat application. And so uh, it's just there to add a bunch of people. That you can give them a URL and they go there and you can have, you know, groups of, you know, hundreds of people if you wanted. Um, and the nice thing about this is whenever you have like a YouTube video or a weekend service, chat shuts down once that's over, you know, uh, from that live stream. So what this does, this allows you to continue the conversation. So that's where we're at. And I think some practical steps for a leader who's like, I would love to yeah. explore the second screen option um, is, is to first test it internally with your staff, test it with a small cool. group of people. Um, we're launching with our Roku channel. And the reason we're launching with our Roku channel is because there's nowhere to chat on Roku. So right. this makes a lot of sense to, for people to have that experience. And our host language is going to match when hosts say, hey, why don't you start chatting with us now? People who are watching on Roku are like, I can't do that, but we'll give them the option and then they will have that option. So that's really important. Yes. Uh, the, the second thing I would say um, is to like maybe then research what that test has been with that test audience. Because um, I have a feeling that this could go um, one direction or another. It could either be the entire church adopts it and it's just a way to for people to communicate and they might not use it on a weekend. That's a real possibility or it might be used as the intended as uh, you know, getting all of our platforms on one chat 
page. So those are the two options. And so you'd have to evaluate which way is it going. Um, that would be my thought is, you know, test it, research what that's done, and then have a strong launch, like really get behind it. Because um, if it's testing well with your, your test audiences, it's going to do well with the rest of the organization. Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's always smart. That's usually the skip step that I skip is the test audience. No, let's just get this into a weekend. Let's just start this uh, straight away. I'm already thinking that way. Uh, but starting with a test audience, that's really good. I appreciated the, the areas that you've listed. Everybody's probably familiar with WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. Telegram, very similar uh, to WhatsApp. It's just not associated with Facebook. Uh, and then Discord, which uh, may be even less familiar than Telegram, uh, just that space. Uh, it's less like the other three, but can still be functionally used in that way. I know you and I are familiar with Discord. Those are great uh, places to look up. Just open up your app store uh, if you're wondering what those things look like. Uh, and you can always reach out to us as well. Uh, if, if you have questions, all of our information is in the show notes. Uh, so Nick, I, I'm thinking even more practically. So uh, you launch it with your Roku channel it, and and you even have people on screen saying, hey, now is the time to join the chat. And people on Roku are thinking, I can't. What are you doing to say you can? Like, how do they enter into that chatting space? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we find very, very helpful is um, if you're going to say it, you need to show it. And so okay. what we're going to, what we would do is we'd have a lower third with a short URL. And the thing about Telegram, it's so nice. You could do like T dot and then whatever, you know, the, the URL is. So we actually show that and we have the host say, Hey, you know, you know, just type that into your browser down below to, to get started or type it into your phone. Um, so there, or also we have it as a card in the app. So we can actually have cards in our app that you know pop up. Are you watching right now? You wanna join the chat? So there's multiple ways to, to do that. So I would say, think about a short URL, um, adding it to your hosting script and also showing it as a lower third are gonna be really easy ways to, to execute on that. The other thing too is you probably, once you launch this, you wanna show this in your uh, Facebook and your YouTube um, and even your chop platforms, just because people might want that option of like, hey, you know, my friend who's, you know, on the other side of the world, I'd, I'd love to chat with them about this, but they're not up watching it right now. Maybe I could catch them later on the on this app. So that's, that's the thought process. And that's what I would do uh, moving forward practically. Great. And you're answering another question that I've talked to you about before, but for our listeners, they're probably wondering, the, the chat doesn't die when the live video is over. Uh, you just created the example of, I know that I want to watch this with somebody and have this conversation with somebody, but they're not up right now. So how kind of practically, let's move into the chat section. Let's assume we all type that URL in. And now we're in a group chat. That's what it looks like. It's just a large group chat. It's not a, uh, it's not a Facebook post. It's not a video that you're watching and commenting on underneath. It is a group chat that we are all familiar with and probably all a part of, but it's just with maybe people we don't know. It's a little bit larger than we're used to. What is the life of that group chat look like? Uh, obviously during a live event, it's lots of people commenting. What does it look like when the live, live event is over? Maybe midweek, maybe some people are watching it at a different time. What does it look and feel like? Yeah, that's probably going to take a life of its own. It's probably okay. going to become its own social network in some aspects. Uh, and what we see already is that people are asking for prayer. Prayer is the number one thing cool. that you're probably going to see. The second is advice. People are like, hey, I need some advice. What is, you know, how, how can I do this or do that? Or can, how can I stop this bad behavior? Or, you know, how can I get, you know, um, help for a financial need? So you're going to see a lot of people starting to reach out to one another, which is great because you're starting to make connection uh, between your congregation, which is 
connection is really, really important. Yes. And then I think the the one of the other things that you're going to see is you're going to want to see people uh, who just want to talk, um, who just want to have a conversation, who who are just saying, "Hey, have you heard about this news?" Um, and I think that's really important is to allow space for that. We're, we're not saying, "Hey, this is only about the weekend message." Like if you want to talk about you know how how you lost your cat and you're sad about yeah. you know how you lost your cat, there's going to be a group of individuals who are listening so that you can be heard. And I think that's one of the most important things is we're not trying to add a lot of um, layers of this is what it has to be, um, but but just for context, there are two things that we are really. Um, thinking about yeah. and one is safety we just want to make sure yeah. that people are, are aware like hey don't give you know personal information out you know over this yes. chat this is not the best place don't give financial information you know don't drop cash app you know cash tags for for, totally. for things and then the second thing is misinformation we would probably delete something that's misinform misinformative or highly political or over uh you yes. know over emphasizing something that's just not the focus of what the chat is so while we will have a you know a large array of like hey we'll talk about whatever you know misinformation uh, and safety are the two things that we're gonna you know hold as a standard for our chat yeah, I, and I should have prefaced that. I'm glad you brought that up. This is very much in beta for Sandals uh, and for the other people who are probably trying this, uh, even like a Jay Cranda, I, we should talk to Jay as well, um, but very much in beta uh, because yeah, th those are very real things, especially when you're talking about large group chats, there's a certain level of anonymity still. And so there's a certain freedom associated with it though. Uh, I do like that uh, generally, those people who are trying to spam are not going to put in the effort to get into something like this, where they might just swing by a live video on Facebook, drop a comment, dro you know, drop a comment and leave uh, just as fast as they came. Um, so you would have people that's really helpful, Nick, uh, kind of taking on a life of its own. It's funny how I was already starting to how do I manage this? Uh, and I appreciate the reminder from you of let let it grow into something. Um, and don't worry necessarily outside of some of the serious things that you're talking about. Don't worry about what the content is because prayer can still happen. Lives can still be changed. Advice is still really good. And ultimately what you're doing is you're forming a relationship with the people who are talking about uh, your message, even if they're not directly talking about the message. Uh, my head was already going there. Well, how, are they are it just a bunch of different conversations as the message is going? Uh, no, it's lots of different things. And the message maybe is sparking uh, a new thought or man, this makes me think about this. And how do I wrestle with this? And what do I do with this? Um, and particularly uh, places like Telegram. And uh, I think WhatsApp would be this way. I haven't done enough in Facebook Messenger group chat wise, but you can reply to certain parts of the thread. So it even keeps the conversation a little bit less chaotic that way. And people know what you're responding to, even if it's a day old uh, text that came into that group thread. Um, Nick, this is so helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to try this. Uh, I want our listeners to know that I think that this is uh, how all of us are interacting anyways. Uh, and so why not try to create a space um, in a group chat where people are maybe more comfortable for whatever reason, uh, engaging in personal, meaningful, life-changing dialogue uh, and giving them a space to do that off of your messages. I'm assuming, Nick, I guess this would be one of my last questions, uh, and we need to have you back on to see how this is going a couple months, maybe a year or so down the road. Um, but is I'm assuming that this is the same group chat that's going to be announced week after week after week. It's not like one group chat for today, another group chat for next weekend, and you're kind of starting fresh. It's, it's, it's just one group chat that you're trying to really grow and enrich and pour into. 
Yeah, once we choose our platform, um, because we're still beta testing, you know, you know, platforms, we're, we're trying to find which is the one that's the easiest to use for people, what, what has the best adoption rate. Um, but after that, we will just have that be the place where we can chat, it's going to be a continuous chat. And so one thing to your point is, um, if it's just a, a stream of like a, a lot of chat, you know, and people are like, hey, I would rather have a, an intimate conversation, we're going to encourage people, hey, you know, find two or three people and then get on this app and create your own smaller group. And what this does is this is going to allow you that they can still be on the platform, they can choose to hop into the to the larger chat, or if they need something that's maybe a little bit more personal, a little bit more for their community group or their online community group, they still have that option and it's housed within the same application. So I think it's really important to, um, it, you don't have to choose one or the other. Like, do we have to have a small, small group of people? Do we have to have a large group of people? You can have both and, and it'll, it'll function just fine. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, yeah, even if you have two or three people in there, that's, you've almost just formed a community group, right? They, this, is, this is one strategy that doesn't have to have mass adoption uh, because as long as there's meaningful conversation happening, uh, that's a win. So, yeah, I really love that, Nick. That's, uh, this, has been, this has been so helpful. Uh, second screen. I do want to spend just a second asking you, you've taken on a new endeavor with a company uh, in Texas, in addition to what you do at Sandals, um, which is just, I've found in my life when I've been doing multiple things at once, it's generally adding, one is adding benefit to the other as the other is adding benefit to the one. Uh, What what exciting new things are you doing uh, in Texas? You want to let everyone know? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Texas for just a couple of, couple of months, but uh, uh, helped uh, launch something called KingdomOne.co. And Kingdom One is essentially there to help grow the church. And so if you are a pastor or a leader and you, you're wondering, like, how can we grow? Um, our focus is to help you on the, the back end things that need expertise like HR, finance, uh, you know, marketing, communications, awesome. um, you know, online church. That's what it's what we're there for. And so we have a lot of free resources that we give to churches because we just want to see the church grow. Yes. So it's just a personal endeavor from a couple of friends uh, who just really, you know, during this pandemic, we saw so many things accelerated. And yes. uh, we're currently helping, I believe we're like right around nine churches who have said, hey, we need help with either online or marketing or HR. And they're like, we just want to, you know, uh, have relationship with you and just figure totally. these things out together. And so that's really what it is. It's just relationship and figuring out how we can grow the church together. That's awesome. And you have, I was looking on your website. Can you say it again? So people can check it out. This will also be in the show notes, but just yeah, verbally. It's, it's kingdomone.co slash resources to find those resources. If it's, you know, you need to get a couple of quick wins under your belt in any of those, uh, you know, domains that I talked about. Yeah, because a lot of these areas exponentially grew uh, in this season and had to be figured out really quickly. Uh, and so your 2020, if you're a leader listening to this, you maybe have set up a system to that's more of a Band-Aid that you don't necessarily think is sustainable going into 2021. And so Nick and his team, and I was looking at your team, and there's an extensive number of people uh, on this team, each with their own expertise uh, that can help you. That's great to hear about the free resources. I would imagine there's lots of people that are also interested in the paid resources because we learned a lot of things and the importance of a lot of things in 2020 that we want to make sure are functioning well, not just as a Band-Aid in 2021. So uh, yeah, check that out. It's kingdomone.co slash resources. Is that right? That's right. All right. And that is in the show notes uh, of this episode. You can check that out. Well, Nick, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I'm so glad you joined us to talk about these new concepts. And it's people like you that add to this community to help keep all of us 
uh, up to date with the newest ideas. And I just think it's so important for our audience to know that when Nils and I hop on here, uh, a lot of times it's us not knowing. We find someone interesting that's doing something interesting and bring them on uh, because we just want to make sure that the church is in this space, uh, not a church or the leading church. We just need churches and Christians in this space to help people, uh, particularly through a season like 2020, when they maybe had the worst year of their life, know that there's hope and there's a savior and his name is Jesus. Uh, and so the more we can be on the cutting edge of all of this, social media, tech, whatever it is, uh, voices, Nick, like yours are helping us do that. So really appreciate having you on, man. Thank you so, so much. I'm such a fan and I, I can't, can't wait to uh, see what's, what's going to happen next with social media church. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can't, we, we do have some exciting news. Uh, I don't know when we get to share the exciting news, but this is the first time we're mentioning uh, some exciting news. You prompted me uh, that's coming in 2021. So whether you're hearing this in early 2021 or not, uh, there is some exciting news that's coming for social media church, but I'm excited for the church and what it's going to do to social media in 2021. It's going to be an exciting year uh, and hopefully a lot better of a year than 2020 was for uh, some of our listeners. So yeah, if you're listening right now, uh, I would love it if you hit subscribe wherever it is that you're listening, that helps this podcast reach more people and more leaders like yourselves that uh, need to be impacted. I, this has got me thinking, uh, This I was gonna wrap it up, but I need to say this. I found this podcast my second week into ministry. This was in 2013. Um, I had just gotten out of college, just got hired into a small church of 300. We met in a middle school in Oregon and uh, we I was there, the staff's first full-time hire. So we had two full-time staff, uh, three part-time staff. And uh, the lead pastor's wife was like, hey, you should just, let's just Google uh, social media for the church or like, uh, online church. We Googled it. This podcast came up. Uh, and the reason that podcast came up way back in 2013 is because of people like you that hit subscribe, left a review and left how meaningful this was. And this podcast has changed my life. And now I get the honor of co-hosting it. So, uh, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, uh, and share this episode with a friend. If it was impactful, if you know somebody that wants to explore second screen or has the bandwidth to implement that for your church, uh, send this their way. Nick's thoughts. Make sure you go follow Nick. All of his information is in the show notes and he has helpful content that comes out like this all the time. Uh, but until next time, guys, this is the Social Media Church Podcast. My name is Aaron Magnuson and I can't wait to talk again soon.